As you're listening to me, Daisy, Apple's iPhone disassembly robot, is dismantling an iPhone into lots of recyclable parts. That's how Apple recovers more materials than conventional recycling methods. Thanks, Daisy. There's more to iPhone. Hello and welcome back to the Ruck. And here we are on Boxing Day, where in traditional style, the uh, the Ruck panel have been uh, celebrating. We're all sitting here with our party hats. We've been pulling our crackers. Uh, I've got a joke here from my cracker. It's uh, it is if you had four nations together and they were playing a competition and the same winner won every year, what would it be called? <laughs> the Rugby Championship. Oh, oh well, you see, it's hilarious. a Christmas cracker, isn't it? The joke's going to be shite. <laughs> goodness that's, sake. That's good. Oh, that's Has anyone good. else? Got so, a, so I'm going to introduce the panel now, which is an old tradition we forgot about. Um, it's a, some of our favourites you might not have heard from recently. Uh, Jonesy, uh, happy Christmas to you. You're looking great in your Christmas sweater. Oh, got it. It's your Claremont hoodie again. You were no, no, wearing I'm, that last I'm, week. I'm, I'm, we're here. I'm absolutely stuffed, honestly. Dinner. I don't know where the last week went. It seems like two minutes ago. <laughs> uh, Alan Dimmer back again. Our fa- yeah. favourite Brigal, who's uh, I've remembered your surname. Well done. Well done. Uh, how, how is your Christmas? All good? I'm hanging. Yeah, yeah. And Jamo, uh, all the way back down from Swansea on Boxing Day, that is a phenomenal Clive, effort. Yeah, no, God. I've got my Christmas sweater on. And I've and I've got a rush off to, and I've well. got a rush off to watch uh, Dragons against Cardiff Blues. Uh, good man. You coming, Steve? Yeah, good definitely, man. definitely. Yeah. Good, good, good man. So, so um, in a Christmas crackers, anyone got a joke to share? Well, I've I've got a good one. It's something I read just before Christmas. Um, I, I looked at an online magazine. And then it said, um, you know, we, they, it gave you a taster for what's in what's what was in the magazine, and it said like in inside, meet the real George Clancy. <laughs> you want, said he wanted a joke. <laughs> <laughs> mine, mine only had a, a, a new definition of an old Terminator. We described what a dead ball line is. Apparently, it's queuing for the vasectomy clinic. That, that's a better Christmas cracker than I got. Jamie. I haven't got any jokes. I, I, I tell you what I think is a joke in rugby union, though. Yeah. Uh, the way the way players are behaving towards referees on the field. That is a joke. Totally agree. Yeah. Totally agree. That is a that joke. Needs, that needs to change. What about... Here, what, this is a joke. Um, Welsh crowds in uh, pro, for, pro 14 games that aren't derbies. <laughs> that's a joke, isn't it? Yeah. But look, that's why they have the derbies. Yeah. And we fi- we're drawing a fine line here because you just made a very important point and it's just absolutely ridiculous. The referees have got all the ammunition they need and they should have all the backup. The cacophonous noise and the appealing and all that. Yeah. They don't need to doesn't need to happen. And the the, the arms up at every every ruck oh, they, yeah. trying to say that somebody's holding on. I mean we're straying towards things that make us the most cross. No, yeah. I, I get cross when when the, someone's kicked the ball out and they're waving to the touch judges to where they should be taking oh, no, the, no, the no, line. No, I mean, no, just no. give the man a break. He said, "That's his job." I mean, these are all things that I used to do as a player. <laughs> yeah, well, that's like hell. Yeah. but it's got like hell. it's got worse, isn't it? Oh, of course, it's terrible. Yeah. And do you know what? Sometimes Has it? Refer- refer- it referees, yeah. are, they're looking at malls and they're trying to work out what's happening behind them because everybody comes up offside. And the referee is forced, as the play goes on, to explain to someone who's brought up a point yeah. why he made the decision. Is Tell it, it yeah, to... No. It's off. It's very ridiculous. You know what I'd love to see in 2018? is a winger who obviously hasn't scored a try and he's gone to the TMO. And we, and we know it's not going to be awarded a try. If he just has a word with the ref says, look... Don't waste your time, though. I drop that. That's oh, a good, brilliant. That's a brilliant. great one. 
Well, why doesn't anybody ever yeah. do that? That's I mean, that's one. like walking in cricket. Just say, exactly. yeah, just say to reflect. Don't waste time. I, I drop that. Did you ever walk? Yeah, all the time. Did you really? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Why, why, we, wouldn't, why wouldn't you do that as a winger? If you, you know, it's, how, how does he think? Is that you know, it's miraculously going to appear as a try if he's to drop the ball over the line? But did okay, you walk, did that's you what I want to see. You were given not out though, Steve. Seriously? Yeah, I did. Oh, good yeah. for you. Let's yeah. make a pledge on this on this podcast. <laughs> we pledge here. Yeah. Who who? Ever, I don't have to give any money, do who, I? Who, no. <laughs> who do you think would do? Who, it? Whoever stands up and says, <laughs> "Ref, I didn't score." We'll we'll give them a. Uh, a Claremont hoodie. <laughs> okay. We'll give them Steve's Claremont hoodie. No, it's no, because then you can put that one on expenses. Seriously, why don't they do that? I, I, I never get that. There, there must be so many players who know they haven't scored. They're just say to ref, look, don't waste time. Let's get on with the game. We want to be light-hearted here because I, we need to get back for the cold turkey. But, the, the, but you know, the, the game, we all say, oh, good old rugby, the spirit of rugby and all that. It's some part of it. It's not. It's not like that. And no one will, I don't think anyone would ever do that. And there's all the appealing, there's the cheating, etc. Come on, we're not, we're not in the, we're not the Archbishops of Canterbury in rugby, I can tell you that. <laughs> okay. I would love someone to do that. Steve, see, this is, the, as you say, this is our cheerful, we've got to about, get back <laughs> to the turkey and we're having a laugh. Sorry, mate. All this right. is us right. having Sorry. fun. Sorry, right. was I too serious then? Sorry. No, no, it's fantastic. No. Shall I give you my, um, my Christmas quiz? You can shout out as you like and when. Have we got a buzzer? Uh, question number one. Uh, how come Greg Laidlaw became a lion? Oh, that's not fair at all. I've got that written down. You've got another question that's written out for Okay. Um, uh, quick question. Here's a good question. Um, who, who passed the ball to uh, Liam Williams for the, uh, the great, to start the greatest uh, Lions drive all time? Daily? No. Okay, it was Anthony Watson. I don't. I don't think we need. Uh, oh, who, we would have got that. We would have got that. Who? Okay, which of the following did not touch the ball in the process of scoring that try? Anthony Watson, Liam Williams, Elliot Daly, Sean O'Brien, Danny Cipriani, and Jonathan Davis. <laughs> <laughs> Look, that's just that's just been taken a piss. <laughs> Steve, you've rewritten the lines of Danny Cipriani scoring the try, haven't you? Oh, well, he would have done had he been there. I'll tell you what, Ben Dio didn't touch the ball, but he probably had the, the most telling contribution to that try when he ran the blocking line. Oh, you see, well, intelligent, yeah. intelligence there. Yes, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay, okay yeah, yeah. Okay, it's question number three. Does Or is it number four? I've lost track anyway. Does Elliot Daly possess any non-white Under Armour? You know his layers. Yeah. He always has yeah. white arms. Does he? Have, does he protect? Does he own a, a, a black Under Armour shirt? Um, that's a tough one. I tell you, I haven't got a clue about the answer on that. All so right. I don't know. want to move on. Apparently, he's a good cricketer. So I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, as we said last week, though, he could be flown out to because he used to be a bowler, according to you, Slotty. Yeah, no, he's, he's outst- outstanding. He's, he's um, he might play. He might miss the uh, the England rugby tour of South Africa this year because he's playing for the um. Uh, for Duke the, Norfolk's eleven? No, I was, oh. was going to say for England in the in the soccer World Cup. Soccer? Did I really say that? Okay, <laughs> this is a question I pinched from Brendan Gallagher of the Rugby Paper. How many Fijians? Um, uh, how many Fijian wingers will you find in the top fourteen in Pro D two? Twenty. Twenty-four. Higher, go higher, Jamo. Oh look, she's getting out the rugby paper. He's rife. He's getting out the rugby paper. I was reading this earlier, but I can't remember what the answer. What's the answer, Soddy? The answer's thirty-five. Can you believe it? Sorry, Jamie, he's nearly there. So that's twenty-eight clubs, and there's thirty-five Fijian wingers. Yeah, absolutely scandalous. Which of the following did not get capped by England in 2017? Piers Francis, (laughs) Mark Wilson, 
Will Collier, Jack Singleton, and Denny Solomona. Jack Singleton. Jack Singleton, yeah. He was sub, but he didn't come on. Oh, tell you what, what a, what a panel we've got here. I didn't know. <coughs> Do you know uh, what? I just I thought, thought of a better, a better player than Piers Francis. Piers Morgan. <laughs> 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 this is a theme that's going to run and run. Uh, okay, th- th- this is this. Uh, it starts off as a proper question, but then we can talk about it subjectively afterwards. What was which was the bigger of, of four major thrashings? Uh, three major thrashings in um, four major thrashings in 2017. <laughs> New Zealand against South Africa, Ireland against South Africa, Claremont versus Saracens, or Saracens versus Northampton. Four massive score lines. Which is the biggest one? Big, biggest one was points wise. Sarri's was Sarri's Northampton. Uh, Sarri's oh, Northampton. New Zealand South Africa. It was New Zealand South Africa. Fifty-seven nil. Saracens Northampton was fifty-five twenty-four. Iron South Africa thirty-eight three, and Claremont Saracens was fourteen forty-six. And subjectively, okay, there's no obviously no right answer to this. Which which was the biggest one in terms of uh, uh, what it did, what it meant, and, uh, and and the biggest surprise? Well, the biggest one for me was 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 the, the South African one because I've, I've grown up with those two teams banging seven bells a hell out of each other. I saw the first time South Africa ever lost a series against New Zealand in, in South Africa. I was there. And it was just two teams of gods, and and for one team to have slipped so far out that they they're hardly a B team now for South Africa for for New Zealand is is criminal, is awful. What was, what was that tour like? Oh, it's unbelievable! It's unbelievable. <laughs> okay, so I've got a uh, just a, a very timely uh, point you make there, Steve, because I have a riddle from my cracker here. Oh, right. no. I'm just going to read it out to you oh, now. Um, if South Africa keeps losing players due to politics of race and foreign rugby economies taking their players can they ever be a force again sorry how can they ever be a force again this is a riddle well they can't they can't <laughs> they can't when you've got over 100 um, how many is it Al? it's 350 plus yeah well, but when you've got that number of players, I mean, many of whom would have been in contention, you just can't. You just cannot do it. Watching had, South Africa this autumn was quite sad, wasn't it? I thought. Oh, awful. Yeah. Yeah. They, had, awful. they had 373 players playing abroad in the last year. But, you know, that's actually not a new thing for South Africa. They have lost, mm. about, I mean, it's the, it's, the, it's the sheer volume, but they have lost a n- number of players abroad before. It's just the way that it's panning out now. and But I think it's not... That's not the most important thing. It's the fact that the rugby public's will is almost broken yeah. in South Africa. It's it is sad. It is sad. Okay. Listen, there's Regulation Nine, which I think should be used both ways. It should be used to stop people having games outside the window. But you know, Vincent Cock, for instance, Sarri's magnificent tight head prop. Uh, South Africa getting pushed all over the field. You got you got to bring back the players who, that you, that you can. England have got four next year, haven't they? <coughs> they playing four next year, England. Yeah, yeah. I think well, on, on a serious point, I think one hope is that uh, Razi Erasmus has gone back and he's making it part of his uh, uh, ambition is to bring players like Cock home. So he yeah. has to find some money for them, which is where it all starts. And also, uh, on the, another good one is that Argentina are now seriously thinking of that they've got to use all their players for the World Cup. That's an original thought, isn't it? Well, it is. Yeah, I mean, let's let's go take our. 
our best players in the World Cup. Yeah, exactly. The thing is, at yeah. least at least they are all Argentinian. So that, you know, the goodness sake, don't just have half your team. Get them all there. Can I take you back to my quiz? I've got yeah. a couple of really good questions left. Right. Okay. You spent a lot of time on this stuff, didn't you? I very, did. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. 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 We the, all, all day yesterday, Christmas Day. Were you doing this? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, a few family problems. <laughs> Tuck myself away. And sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Listening to me, Daisy, Apple's iPhone disassembly robot, is dismantling an iPhone into lots of recyclable parts. That's how Apple recovers more materials than conventional recycling methods. Thanks, Daisy. There's more to iPhone. Uh, the Lions uh, was tied one all after the first two tests. Mm. Do you know anyone who predicted a draw in the third test? <sighs> no. Oh, he's gloating already, isn't he? <laughs> Look no. at him. No. dribbling all over his Christmas okay. There's one man in this panel who's got his arms up in the air. Let's we move on to the next, the next on question. What, okay. what were the odds? Well, this this will be odds? one of those ones, like in a newspaper, where, they, where the answer's at the back of the newspaper upside down. We'll go back to that at the end, shall we? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, th- this final question of my cunning quiz is um, Can you name which of the following was not a member of the Geography Six? Thomas Francis, Corrie Hill, Gareth Davis, Finn Russell, Alan Dell, and Danny Cipriani. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to react to this pathetic further undermining of a great player and a nice guy. <laughs> okay, I did actually mention five of the six six. Did you? Did you can you off the top of your head? Daisy. Or, or, Daisy. No, he said Corey Hill. Daisy. 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 Yeah, yeah. Well done, yeah. Steve. Well done. Yeah. Steve. Well done Steve. Yeah. I wasn't listening. Okay, yeah. moving on fast. Uh, we're going to go on to our um, player of the year. Or no, we didn't say player of the year. Person of the year. You can pick anyone from from the rugby, a whole rugby world that uh, that brightened the year for you. Uh, who wants to go first? Uh, Jonathan Davis, play, player of the series in the in the Lions, uh, had a shocker against England, basically handed England the game, didn't he, to to recover from that? Yeah. And he's a he's a top bloke, isn't he? So right. unassuming, top bloke. Well, I I've I have a list of favourites, <laughs> oh, favourite right. players from from my lifetime, and I'll, I'll read you who's already in the Hall of Fame. I think you might be able to talking this year. I might, yeah, but you might be able to spot a theme because there are new, there are inductees. <laughs> there, induct- the right there are inductees into the Hall of Fame for Jim this year. So I'll tell dinner. you who's already there: Andrea Lo Cicero, Alan Chunk Jacobson, David Zirikashvili, and Martin Madden. Martin Madden. So I can tell you that Dimitri Arhips. What position do you play, by the way, Al? Yeah, Dimitri Arhips in there. <laughs> Is he coming in? Yeah. Dimitri Arhips already in there. Okay. But two additions: one Figolo, oh. because. I just love the way he goes mm. about his business, mm. and Rob Evans. What a, what yeah. a season he's having! Mm. Yeah. You know, they're they're both in there. Good viewers. Oh, I'm going to mention him later. Slotty, can I just go a little bit sports wide rather than rugby wide? No. Oh, I can't have one. Two <laughs> some my heroes. No. <laughs> well, I've got two. I've got two heroes. Obviously, Harry got eighteen thousand votes. Prince Harry. Pr- no, Prince Harry Kane. Yeah, because uh, he's just been. He's just a, Harry Williams, a wizard. Though, wizard and Harry Williams. Yeah. And also, my final non non rugby player is a guy who I think was almost my highlight before the Lions was Sergio Garcia 
who I've followed for years, thought he would never win a Masters. And for him to win a Masters, I just absolutely loved it. I'd rather him win the Masters than me. Mm. And, and then and he popped up at the end of that move to score the Lions strike. He did, yeah. Outside Danny. Yeah. But um, <laughs> Jonathan Davis would be really well up there. I also love Tyke Furlong. Uh, yeah. he's, a, he's a great player. And just two more. One, uh, Matt Banahan. Uh, scandalously fallen out with Bath but what an unbelievable player an underrated player and also Sarah Hunter who captain Wales uh, captain England to the World Cup final won a hundredth cap is like a, a beast on the field but absolutely wonderful measured and, and charming off the field so hell of a coach as well one of my hero- a hell of a coach one of my heroines there Very so I, 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 we got loads we've got loads because rugby's like that ok they? I'm going to mention mine uh, I don't know the name of this person but whoever on Facebook starts up the Facebook page adopt a lion fan and seriously during the lions the, the, as we know there were like 20,000 um, Brits, Brits travelling around yeah. uh, and this was this was the most fabulous thing for for uh, uh, relationships between two countries and we talked a lot during the lions tour about uh, Kiwi fans and uh, Kiwi rugby fans were they arrogant were they nice were they, or, or whatever but the, the hospitality shown by your average Kiwi to let to, to let British fans come in, share their share their homes, share their meals, share their bathrooms, uh, was absolutely astonishing. And and I spoke to some of the fans about this, and but I found it quite moving. So there we are. That, very good. Can, yeah, can I good. just have one more? Uh, can <laughs> I just have, have you got a book of the year? Because a what, book has so been. Ju- how many of us around this table have had a book out this year before no, you? I, no, no, not written by us. Yeah, that was yeah, last year. Yeah, yeah, that was this year. But um, so on, on the Lions tour, I've got my copy. On the Lions tour, every week we mentioned the New Zealand Heralds, Shaggy McGuinness. Um, oh, sorry, <laughs> what, was, what was his real name? Jock McFrock. Yeah. Now, Jock, <laughs> Jock, Jock McHaggis, staggeringly has brought a book out. Is he? Yeah. So what a load of utter. Handsome drivel. Have you read it? That w- have, have I read it? No, you just no. I just no. Well, we just know from everything he's ever written, it'll be utter pants and drivel. What's it so called? The- fa- favorite clowns of my lifetime. <laughs> oh God. So anyway, good old New Zealand Herald's Jock McFrock. And no, we won't be re- buying your book or giving you a real name because some poor sod might buy it by accident. It's terrific to bring him back onto the podcast. <laughs> Whoa, come back! He's, he's been a real. He's been a real character. He was on there every he? week. He was on every week. But there we go. He was beyond parody in the end. We had to stop. <laughs> Most influential person in world rugby in 2017? Well, I've got an answer for this. The the head barmaid who decided not to throw me out of Cowboys Pub in Queenstown. <laughs> she talked to, she talked to the security change, staff down. How did that change rugby? How did that change rugby? Well, it changed my life in rugby. That would have been pretty cold on outside. And actually, I have to give a special mention to uh, journalist Chris Foy, who rallied the troops around me to stop them from throwing me out. That was a special oh, one. That's going to be hard to top that one, isn't it? Go quite serious here. I'd go for Doddy Weir. Oh. Because I think it's a, you know, such a sad story. But I, I, I think the way the, the world of rugby has reacted to that shows the game at its, at its very best. Very Qu- nice. Quite agree with that one, Steve. Mine would be, uh, as a group, the executives of World Rugby who made a brilliant attempt to, to ultimate failure to, um, to make the uh, World Cup process transparent. They were failed in the end, but they had a really good go, and I, I genuinely um, uh, applaud them for that. My um, man of the year, Warren, Gat- Warren Gatland, um, the way that people have seemed to have forgotten, A, that the Lions Tour ever existed, B, that it was an absolute tragedy in terms of, 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 um, of um, uh, preparation, 
see that they drew with what was before and after a great all-black team. So why should we say it wasn't a great all-black team when they went down there? That was the coaching feat of the era for me by a distance. I know afterwards that Wales were slaughtered in the autumn. That's irrelevant. Warren Gatland put the Lions back on the map and kept them there against a great side with a magnificent coaching achievement. And I would couple his name with that of Sam Warburton. Just over a week ago, we had the Sports Personality of the Year Awards. For Sam Warburton not to be anywhere in that ridiculous list was absolutely preposterous because he is will go down as one of the quietest but greatest men that rugby's ever produced. So the Warren and Sam for you. My most influential person in world rugby, I have three, one of which is Warren Gatland, who you mentioned. Uh, two, Moed Altrad, which you kind of mentioned, because yeah. he's a Frenchman who kind of bought the, the World Cup for France, the mm-hmm. hosting rights of 2023, away from the process. So he effectively busted the process. And and third, this is trying to be clever, but um, Sonny Bill Williams. If he'd not been playing in the second test, wh- where would we be? We would have probably lost, sorry, the Lions would have probably lost. And we have gone to Auckland Tunnel down and we wouldn't have had so much fun. Now we're moving on to Lion, the Lions squad. We spent, spent the first half of, of 2017 talking about who should be in the Lions squad. And now at the end of 2017 we're going to do a, to play retrospective selection. Um, you're allowed to s- select one player who should have gone who didn't and one player who did, who, who did go who shouldn't. I genuinely believe now that if you had taken Ali Price, the Scotland scrum half, instead of Greg Laidlaw, the Scotland scrum half, you would have had a, a much better tour with Ali Price instead of Greg Laidlaw, personally. I, I can't disagree remotely. Someone who's mentioned earlier, uh, Rob Evans, he's been he's been a revelation, I think, as a loose head prop who can handle in the, in the wide area. He's been outstanding. He's as close to Mako, I think, as there is. In terms of uh, in terms of yeah. your modern Maybe scrummaging and handing forward, but you're saying you think it's better than better than well, Mac, I think handling. Yeah, yeah. Mine would be in the same position. I mean, I don't, I'm not saying I wouldn't have picked it myself because I would, but I thought Joe Marler for a, a, a really boisterous uh, and attacking prop was really really quiet on the trip. Whether he was holding something back because he was injured, I don't know. But I, I thought Joe would really grow massively into the jersey, and I don't think he did. For I don't think he's a bad player at all, but I, I was expecting a heck of a lot from him. Otherwise, I'd say um, um, Ali Price is a good one, but I think Gareth Davis would be absolutely in his element out there with, with Dan Bigger at halfback uh, instead, instead of Laidlaw. But there we go, and I have to have say on, on, on another note, it was one of the best selected teams there's been, because usually there's about 10 who had a nightmare tour, and this I mean, time they yeah. weren't. George Cruz is an interesting case, isn't he? But how he's sort of no, you're right because he t- got, got picked. Yeah, everyone said he's a certainty for that first test. But, you know, played in that and first test. And how vocal test. he was. Everyone spoke about yeah. his leadership just, skills just, and just, set piece. Nosedive. Good he? point from, from there. Mm, good point. And they, they definitely should have replaced the four by fours that carried them up before that first game when they all had back problems. Remember that. <laughs> 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 But it, it, at the at the time, I suppose this is, is why we can say this now. At the time, no one picked out George Crew and went, why, "Why is he there?" Mm. I thought it was well, as Steve said, a well selected squad, wasn't it? Mm. I thought it was yeah, well, it was I didn't, very well I didn't have squad. Too many problems. With it. I, I think these days they love, especially when you've got no time to prepare. They love a great organizer, and I think that's why they chose him. But I don't think he was quite himself as a player, as a player mm. out there. But look, look, I tell you what. I, it was just a magnificent trip, as all Lions trips are. Yeah. Towards the end of the tour, we were John Spencer, the manager, t- took us all into a room and he gave us lock, stock and barrel of what he was going to do. I'm going to change this, I'm going to change that, uh, I'm going to change the other, we're going to have better preparation, more... Blah, blah, blah. None of that happened. 
And uh, one day we look back in 100 years' time when the Lions could have won a lot of these tours and they didn't win any of them. And we'll, we'll, we'll get the full re- feeling of regret. Talking point, at, at the time leading up to that second test in particular, there was a lot of conversation as, as does the Lions' entire future as a concept hang on this test? Was that the biggest load of bollocks that, uh, that <laughs> the British media has ever cooked up? And I like to think that, that um, uh, the Times and the Sunday Times did not touch that. British and Irish media, you should say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and actually the Kiwi as well. The Kiwi media was full of, um, got to win this one. When you say well, the well, biggest I mean, load of bollocks that the British media's ever cooked up, there's some contenders there. <laughs> um, well, I mean, what was the argument there? I, mean, I just don't get that. The Lions have won their previous series as well. Well, there was a suggestion tour, that the, 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 the Lions' credibility was, was, was uh, um, uh, under threat because they might my, go my, down 2-0 to, 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 to a great New Zealand side. Yeah, it, <laughs> On, on the Lions tour, when um, the final whistle blew after the third test and uh, this wonderful Rawker Stadium suddenly went weirdly quiet. I mean, it, it was uh, a, 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 a very strange silence and that's because no one knew what to make of the draw at the time. And uh, in modern sport, we, we're um, totally attuned to uh, seeing the, the victor and the loser and that's, that's all yeah. part of the drama. As, I didn't rise it strongly enough at the time, but as time has gone on, I've I've liked the draw more and more. I like the romance of the fact that these two teams could go at each other for three weekends in a row and still couldn't be separated. Do, 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 do oh, people do totally people agree? agree yeah, or? T- t- totally agree. I, I thought so at the time. The lines is different, isn't it? it, it it's unique in that. It is different. I just emphasise that point. Though. And if you and if you carried on in, into extra time, and someone had made a mistake, and a three pointer was kicked to settle it, mm. it just sort of felt cheap. And I, I didn't think it. Was, I, I thought it was brilliant. I'm glad you agree. Actually, at the start of this, we talked about things that we'd like to change in in 2018. Can we get rid of the phrase "like kissing your sister" when people talk <laughs> about draws? Oh yeah, yeah exactly. it's just the worst. Terrible, terrible. I thought one of the great moments in sport it came awful. after that uh, third Lions test when the the two teams had that photo taken together. Yeah, I mean, yeah, some yeah. people have said that's a bit corny, but I, I, I thought that was brilliant. I mean, how, how often do you see that in, in other sports? No, I thought it was. I thought it, 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 it was, was and also that there was a definite sense of relief out there with the Kiwis. Oh, yeah. I know they want to win, but actually mm. there was a big relief, and I think they they would have taken the draw five minutes before the end because they 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 thought the Lions the Lions played them to a standstill. They they didn't yeah. have any of their attacking game. Bowden Barrett was in a little cage for the whole series. I thought that twenty minutes after half time, uh, when what's the name got. Simbin. I mean, the All Blacks went to pieces there. Yeah, they, they, did. I, I, they did. I've never seen an All Black side so rattled as that. Twenty. Minutes. I well, can understand the quiet though, because there was a sense everywhere, and I'm sure it was the same for the players as it was for a lot of the fans. It was almost that sense of, we did it, we survived. This well, this, this savage this savage ex- experience. But it was also partly teams. we did it, we survived, and it's also people looking at each other, going, "What happens next?" You know, is is there a, is there extra time? No, but it was the same it, for the players as well, and yeah. they must have like that relief that Steve talked about there. The players must have that, and all of the players on both sides must what have about, that enormous um, sense of relief. What about Ken Owens? Imagine how he was feeling. Well, yeah. the, the penalty was yeah. called against yeah, yeah, him yeah, that, yeah. that was retracted. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, thought one, I thought one of the great parts of the, of the denouement of that whole series was the fact that Steve Hansen came into the press conference afterwards and he could have said we should have won that because yeah. the, the referee gave us the penalty and then retracted it. But he he did behave with considerable dignity there and, and, and that was, uh, that was um, but, stuck with me as well. There was some good work by Sam Warburton there. <laughs> as Steve said, yeah, yeah. When, the, when the whistle went, people looking around, and I think it was Nick Kane said to me, or whoever was sitting next to me, said, oh, God, you know, that was a... And I said, forget it, great result, great result. 
forget it. it and it was a great result and they were they were a magnificent team and it was fun it was fun yeah yeah it was and fun. that's more important than anything else it was fun well thank you gents um for taking time out on precious family days day to to share all that stuff with us we're going to wrap up now with uh just what just one final round what was a highlight your highlight of uh of the rugby world 2017 can i have a personal highlight first it was very very briefly that um in conjunction with the RPA, I did a um, interviewed eight or nine players who had suffered uh, severely from the transition of playing to not playing, uh, and in terms of uh, depression, in one case uh, suicidal thoughts. And uh, I really enjoyed working on that with the likes of Daniel Waterman, um, John O'Kitto, uh, Big Duncan Bell. Those those people really love working on that. And I also loved the two matches a couple of weeks ago between Bath and Toulon. A, because it's always an honour to go to watch a French club rugby team over there. And I went over there and the return. Both both were magnificent games. Stripped away all the pompous pretense of international rugby with the silly anthems, the roaring announcers, etc, etc. I just think those games were club rugby uh, at international standard and club rugby at its at its best. And I, I gave me a warm glow um, going into the... Gives me a warm glow going into the new year in a few days' time. Uh, an interview I did uh, in October uh, where I went to the Ospreys training base at BP Landarcy and I interviewed their hooker, Scott Baldwin. About being bitten by a lion. That was brilliant. And it's something I never thought I'd do and I probably won't do again. But um, I mean, fair play to him. He was... He, he was brilliant about it, and he's you know he's very brave to to speak publicly yeah. about it. But yeah, you know, well, to yeah. go into the the great detail he did about how it happened was, was that was quite, probably was the, that was probably the rugby story that got more more um, <laughs> traction, traction yeah. outside <laughs> rugby than anything. Yeah, incredible. Yeah. incredible. Um, for me, uh, professionally, very fortunate this year to um, to have been allowed to do two investigations for the magazine: one into player migration, uh, and the other one into the use and abuse of painkillers and to speak to a lot of people who are struggling with the effects of that and and telling people about the risks of that but just from a purely love of rugby point of view to be in that stadium for the second test for the Lions when they they won in Wellington I've never worked at or been a fan at a game that has ever had an atmosphere like that and it was fantastic totally agree totally agree and the, f- the fans are just magnificent and they can continue to be totally agree too also can I just have one more thing as well that, um, <laughs> uh, that there's a serious point that we, we're all uh, four journalists in our nice warm offices on Boxing Day but um, what about all our, what all our colleagues are out and about in harm's way in positions of danger and um, I think there were 27 journalistic deaths at trouble spots this year so let's hope all our colleagues keep safe here, here. Thank you for that, Steve. I'd just like to share my highlight is um, uh, the six weeks in in New Zealand were spectacular for to be a, a spectacular place to be a journalist. Uh, extremely hard working at the same time, and uh, I think it was in Christchurch after a week and a half um, that Steve Jones lost one of his shoes, <laughs> and and that that can be quite distressing. And um, I think Steve just held it together magnificently through that time. He showed incredible fortitude. Um, we went from uh, from Christchurch down to Dunedin, didn't we? And you, the 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 shoe was was um, mailed on to Dunedin, but just 
tragically, it arrived the day after we left to to, 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 to go up to Rotorua. And yet, still, Steve kept it together again. The, the, the edition of the Sunday Times that weekend was just phenomenal. And, and and then we went from Rotorua to Hamilton, didn't we? And did the shoe arrive at Rotorua the day after we left? Yeah, it did. But- I mean, it was incredible. This guy just kept on going, just bumping out this phenomenal uh, prose for the for the Sunday Times readers. And when were you reunited with the shoe? It was towards the end of Hamilton. By that time, I bought a pair of used Wellingtons because I take size <laughs> I take size fifteen, and there's not many of those about in New Zealand. And um, people didn't know for three weeks. I went round with a, a, a brand new, or almost brand new, brown shoe and, a, and one of my daps. Yeah, but there was a couple of days when you were just literally hopping around. Wasn't I was there? hopping around. Yeah, I was hopping, yeah. I was hopping. absolutely ridiculous. Amazing performance. And I could not, I could not find a pair of anything above size twelves out there. It was tip, tip of the kiwis. And in your modesty, you just kept on going without complaining, didn't you? No, I did complain a bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and on I, that bombshell, we will still leave you for 2017. Jamo and Al and Steve, thanks very much. Thank you, all our listeners out there. I, I inevitably will be back in 2018. This is the Ruck. Thank you very much. which apps you share your exact location with. There's more to iPhone.